Before we dive into the show today, I actually wanted to tell you guys about a special that we're running in our Macros Inc. shop. So if you want to get all your Macros Inc. gear so you can have what we're calling a hot macro summer, go check out our shop at macrosinc.net slash shop and use the code SUMMER2021 to get 10% off all your apparel. That means hoodies, uh, fanny packs, backpacks, t-shirts, tanks, Everything you can think of, we've got in the store. So go support us. Go to macrozinc.net slash shop and use summer 2021 to get 10% off. On today's episode of the show, we talk all about how and why to set protein for your goals why leverage is necessary to scale in business, but it must be measured and you must be safe, the fact that it's a marathon and not a sprint, and why you shouldn't assume someone else is going to build the relationship you want and why it's on you to do that. Let's get into the show. Setting daily protein intake requirements. Setting daily protein intake is slightly different than setting things like carbohydrates or fats and that it's a little bit less based on your total daily calorie needs and more based on your total daily nutrient needs based on your body weight. Now, for most people, and we'll break this down in a little bit more detail, is somewhere between 1.6 and 2.2 grams per kilogram or roughly 0.7 to 1.0 grams per pound is where most people's protein intake requirement really falls. This breaks down a little bit when we have people who have a substantial amount of weight to lose, let's say 50, 100, 200, 300 pounds. In that case, we'll probably go on projected lean body mass than total body mass. So for example, if somebody weighs 300 pounds, we'll probably base it on what their lean body mass would be like 180 or 190 pounds. Now within that range, that's a pretty wide range, right? 0.7 grams per pound to 1 gram per pound or 1.6 grams per kilo to 2.2 grams per kilo. For a 200-pound person, that's somewhere between 140 and 200 grams per pound. So how do we get a little more dialed in based on the individual person? A lot of it will be based on whether they're highly physically active, what type of sport they engage in, or if they're injured. So generally speaking, endurance athletes will fall on the lower end of the spectrum, right? They'll be closer to 1.6 grams per kilogram, mostly because they have a set daily energy need that they need to hit to be an energy balance. But they actually utilize more carbohydrates and fatty acids during the day than the average person. So they'll get a little bit less protein and a little bit more of the other macronutrients. People who engage in like resistance training, weightlifting, or other strength and power sports, they're going to be closer to 1.8 to 2.0, 2.2 grams per kilogram. That's because a lot of their sports, their requirements, their kind of biological needs is they need more raw materials to repair the muscles that they're using that have more breakdown than an endurance athlete. Another interesting group of people is people who are injured and recovering from injury, specifically athletes who are recovering from injury. These people generally also have a higher protein intake. There's two reasons for this. One is the amino acids used for recovery from injury. And two, higher protein intakes during periods of when you're sedentary are better for preserving lean muscle mass than lower protein intake requirements. So these people generally have an intake requirement of somewhere between 2.0 and 2.4 grams per kilogram. So they may be slightly over what's kind of generally necessary. So if you have somebody with a high body mass, like a high lean body mass, they're 
you know, they've just torn a peck or they've just torn a quad and they're out for a while, we're probably going to put them on a little bit higher protein intake because they're going to need maybe slightly fewer calories overall, but we need to make sure that they're getting enough protein to maintain their lean body mass. Then the last one is um, kind of older people, right? People 40 to 80 is kind of generally speaking what the science classifies that category as, is these people also fall slightly higher on the spectrum of their needs are closer to, you know, roughly 1.8 to 2.0 grams per kilogram. Maybe if they're more of an endurance athlete and they're older, um, they can follow closer to the 1.6 number, but they are going to need to be higher than their kind of younger counterparts. So that's a brief dive into how to set protein intake requirements for most people. All right, moving on to the business insight today. So this is an interesting topic um, that I feel like I've got a decent perspective on, not the world's best perspective, but at our small scale, I think, you know, just have been through some levels of scale at times, um, I think is, is just some insights I can share. So over the last, gosh, two years since I joined Macros Inc., actually, was that three years ago? I think that was three years ago I was here. Um, two or three years ago. I can't even remember. It's been so long. But we've grown... No, it is two years. Yeah, so it's just a little over two years that I've been here. But we've grown from... I think when I joined, there was 11 or 12 people, maybe even 10 people. I think maybe I was the 10th. Um, to now we're over 80, right? So we've scaled quite a bit. Our client base has grown. Our reach has grown. The business systems have grown. And one of the things that I've kind of learned over that time frame is in order to scale you really have to rely on leverage. And what do I mean by leverage? In kind of the financial world, we think of leverage as borrowing money to make money, right? Like, hey, if you are speculating in real estate, you're going to, and you think, hey, I have a house that's you know worth $400,000, I can buy it. And in you know a year, it's going to be worth you know, $550,000, and I can borrow you know, $300,000, and I can turn my you know, 100 grand of capital into 250 of capital. Like that's, that's leverage, right? Same thing in the stock market, right? You can, you can use massive amounts of leverage to, to do shorts and puts and um, all sorts of options and derivatives trading. But the problem with leverage in the financial sense is that if things go bad, things can go really bad. So in the business sense, by leverage, I don't really mean like taking out business debt, right? Like, using credit lines to fund projects, using any of those things. Um, in fact, most of the companies I've built have been built on kind of bootstrapped approaches. But what I mean by leverage is you have to leverage your skills, your time, and your team, right? As an individual, like you really can wear a lot of hats, right? You can be a CEO, you can be the head salesperson, you can do the admin, you can do all sorts of things. But if you really want to scale you have to be able to leverage your talents out through other people, right? So I think, hey, at Macros Inc., if I wanted to personally make way more money, I could probably, I could figure out a way to coach 200 of our clients and still run the company, right? My life would be probably a disaster, but I could do it. But on the other side of the equation is, where is my skill set, right? My skill set is, you know, operations, projections, business models, you know, the financial side of the house, those are all my strengths, right? And like the HR and the admin, the sales, 
the, you know, the managing coaches. There's other people who are much better at that than I am. Um, and so if you can find people who can leverage your ability, that's how you're going to scale, right? At some point, you can't do everything yourself and you have to learn to lean on other people as kind of levers, right? So I think, hey, you know, the two owners were really good at putting together systems and sales processes that actually are effective and work. But we need people who are very good people people and very good at communicating um, and just very good at, you know, not really selling, but like just talking to people. We have to put those people at the end of those kind of systems and you use them as levers to make those systems more effective. Now, on the other side of that, just like leverage in the financial world is you have to be very measured with how you lever, right? Every time you put somebody else in a position that you're not doing it, you have less control. So things can go wrong. So you have to be very smart and measured about how levered is your business at any given time. And by levered, it's like, how little oversight do you have over all those pieces that are big pieces in the cog? So that's kind of the business insight is leverage is necessary to scale, but it must be measured. So that's it for the business insights. Uh, what am I learning today? I'm learning a lesson that I feel like I always have to learn repeatedly over and over, and that it's a marathon and not a sprint. I'm such a, like, I hate having things on my desk, so to speak. I hate having things undone. Whenever I have a project, I just want to ramrod it as, like, as fast as I can and just get it done and move on to the next thing. Um, and I get very impatient when things aren't moving ahead at the pace that I think they should. It's like, hey, today it should be done. Tomorrow it should be done. Next day is the next thing. And that served me really well in my professional career of like, I've been able to get much further ahead than I probably should be at where I'm at in my life. Um, but when you work in a team and you work on a business and not just your own individual life and career, you have to view it of more of a, of a marathon and not a sprint, right? That doesn't mean you can procrastinate and you can delay and you can not be effective, but you have to have a little more patience with the process and kind of let the timing be what the timing's going to be. And so how do I work on doing that is, you know, just not, trying to not tackle as many things at once, kind of letting the natural course of projects work out not being afraid to be like, hey, let's push that meeting off until next week when I can have a chance to focus on it. Or, hey, my plate's really full this week. Let's send that email next week because I don't want to deal with that this week. It's kind of just learning to slow the roll a little bit um, so you can have a little bit better perspective of not just what you're working on, but also uh, what all the people in your team are. So I guess really... The, the perspective here is just like if you're running a marathon versus a sprint, you got to pace yourself out the gate and just make sure you have a game plan and you stick to it. All right, let's take a quick break and then we'll come back to the last segment. All right, what is on the daily win sheet today? Oh, uh, the daily win is that we set another record month here at Macros Inc. in terms of new client assignments, total revenue, um, employee number, all sorts of great things across the board have been going on. Um, so another record month there. Uh, now with every win, there's always like 
a learning lesson slash um, something to consider. So one of the just interesting parts about every time you set a record month is there's always like pressure the next month to continue to break that, right? I hate having like a peak and then a slight drop off. I'm always trying to push ahead and then trying to trying to go back to that idea of it's a marathon, not a sprint. Um, so that's always kind of the interesting things about the daily win is just trying to keep that measured. But the other side of it is there's also whenever you experience growth is there's always, you know, another level of problems that you have to solve. But those are all exciting problems to have and exciting things to solve. So super excited about that. Um, generally speaking, summer in our industry has a little bit of a lull. So hitting a peak record month in uh, July is actually super awesome. The daily learning lesson is, and this is more for everybody, is don't assume someone else is going to build the relationship you want. It's on you to do that. I think a lot of times, whether it's business relationships, family relationships, uh, significant other relationships, I think at least my experience with myself is we kind of have a lot of things that go unsaid that we expect other people to do, right? We expect other people are going to do the things that you want them to do to build the relationship with you that you want with them. But in reality is a lot of our relationships, we have to craft ourselves to be what we want them to be. We have to drive the communication. We have to ask for things that we want. We have to set the tone. People reciprocate in relationships what we put into them, right? The energy, the demeanor, the time, the attention, all of those things that you put into it are generally reflected back in a very similar manner. So the daily learning lesson today is don't assume that someone else is going to build the relationship you want. It's on you to do that. So that's it for today. I will see you guys on the next episode. I'm out of here.